This is Doug Green, and I'm the publisher of Technology Reseller News, and I'm very pleased to have with us once again Jeff Durso of SmartTrack. Jeff, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. Well, we've been doing a four-part series on Cisco renewals, and it's turned out our journey in this uh, podcast series has been much more than just talking about how to do niftier renewals with your Cisco customers. So today we're going to be talking about the, the roadmap for product refresh and why the folks at SmartTrack basically think maybe we're missing out on something. Maybe people who sell Cisco could have much bigger conversations than, hey, let's renew a couple of subscriptions. Maybe today's actually the day to talk to a customer about a total refresh and how that refresh would actually benefit the customer. So Jeff, before we dive into that, what is SmartTrack? So SmartTrack provides software to help companies take all of the data that comes from Cisco that comes in like massive spreadsheets that's kind of disjointed, pull it all together and then use it to make e to easily make decisions about how to drive existing renewals. And then more importantly, which is what we're going to talk about today, how to look for opportunities to drive refresh. So uh, I will talk about something we uh, a little analogy we discussed just before we start recording. Everybody, at least anybody who's old enough to remember the experience of walking onto an auto dealership, the line is, well, what can we do today to make you buy a car? What, what is it yeah. that you need from us? So with a car dealership, like every day is a good day to buy a new car, but is that true in IT? Well, and it's, you know, it's an interesting question. I think what's the reason I think this is an interesting metaphor is that I can't think of a time when I've gone to a car dealership and imagine if I told them like, okay, I'm thinking of buying this new, new car. I've got, you know, I've got 18 months left of payments on my current car. Have you, can you imagine of them saying like, oh, we'll come back in 18, but they don't back off and say, come back in 18 months. And yet a lot of times when I think of like, in terms of network refresh and you, know, you say, okay, we've got these contracts are going for another 18 months or whatever. Well, so let's not talk about it until that happens. Whereas a lot of times there can be a lot of business cases for why refresh should happen sooner rather than later. So we call it, we call it pull forward refresh. What are opportunities to have a conversation now with the customer to figure out that maybe it makes sense instead of upgrading your network in three years or four years on schedule, maybe it makes sense to do it in a year, six months, or even to start that process now. And there could be a whole bunch of arguments for why that, why that makes sense. So let's define quickly what we, we have historically had. So if that's pull forward level refresh, what's standard level refresh? So I would think of standard level refreshes, you know, it's servicing the customer, right? So it's saying that you buy this equipment and it's gotten, you know, it's got a certain end of life and we've got support and patches on it and we sell you service contracts until it nears the end of life. And as it gets close to the end of life, we start having a discussion saying, okay, since this is no longer going to be supported, we should think about upgrading to the latest and greatest or go through a, a formal tech refresh process. That's the, the traditional way. Now, the problem with that approach is that there are a lot of reasons that you should refresh sooner rather than later. And again, I know we jokingly said the car dealership thing, but, but there's a reason why the customer should refresh sooner rather than later. Now, the, as things heat up and as thing, the competition to take over the customer heats up, if one of your competitors gets to your customer before you do with that argument of, of saying, hey, why don't we talk about refresh now instead of later? 
you could lose an account. And on the flip side, just say you have a fraction of an account where you're in there with maybe you've got 10% or 20% of the account, but you know that their footprint is a lot bigger than that. If you have smart ways of helping the customer see that they could actually have a real strong business case for moving their refresh up, you could get access to a much bigger chunk of the network than if you just stay in your lane and wait for everything to refresh on schedule. You refresh your piece and hope that the partner only refreshes, the other partners only refresh their piece instead of trying to take the whole thing. Now, when you use the word smart just now, are you actually talking about AI? I think it's a combination of that. So I think what, what AI is incredible at is, and there are some things it's not good at, so that's important to know too. It's really incredible at surprisingly being creative and pulling tons and tons of options and sort of knowing about everything out there, right? So I could literally say, what is the, you know, what's the case for replacing an old 4,500, right? That's been in there and what, what should I replace it with? And what's the argument for that? And they'll say, okay, you can replace a 4,500 with a 9,300. Here's the power footprint of it idle power footprint, you know, the full active, here's what that means, here's the throughput, here's how much power savings. And by the way, since your customer is in uh, Massachusetts, it's gonna be 28 cents kilowatt hours. And here's the here's the ROI case for that. By the way, here are the, here are the different carbon programs out there. There's Energy Star that you can get rebates here. Here's how you can do ITAD to dispose of it. So it sort of has access to all of this different information out there, if you know how to train it right. Right. If, if, if you know how to point it in the right direction, it can help you pull together all these different components you need to make that case. So let's keep with that, because it sounds like you have in mind a sort of specific example. You know, I think a lot of businesses, a lot of organizations would say, hey, I don't need to replace my stuff. It's working perfectly fine. Exactly. But and, and it might be perfectly fine. But again, you know, you, you pull into that car dealership and your car is working perfectly fine. But the new one's more efficient. Maybe it's more fuel efficient. Maybe it's going to save you a certain amount of money. And if you look at that money over that time frame, right? So in the in the power example, if we said, okay, we're replacing, if we replace equipment, you know, three years earlier than we were going to on the schedule, well, there's a certain direct power savings that we're going to save just from the energy. There could be all these credits that are only available now. So there could be a timeliness to this. These credits expire that we could access to to help pay for that. We could find out that the disposal of what we have, right, to put it through a whole ITAD process, clean it, make sure it's secure and get rid of it, we can actually get a good amount of money for our existing equipment now versus if we wait until it's end of life, right? It's like you're, you're, you're gonna be selling a brick at that point. So there's a lot of different things that would go into these arguments, right? And some of them depend on what that customer's goals are. So that customer may have certain sustainability goals that they're trying to achieve, right? And these doing this, uh, doing this change could lower their overall power footprint. Maybe that has a certain benefit to the customer. So a lot of this is about understanding the customer's disposition in terms of what things are valuable to them and what options do they have. And ultimately taking all of this and figuring out how can we pull forward that discussion to have have the refresh happen sooner rather than later. And and so you're really basically talking about arming um, the salesman with a very powerful set of arguments that um, you know we know that the the let's stay with that power example. 
electricity in this area is going to be actually going up per per unit. We're going to be yep. able to get you credits per unit. Uh, you know, in other words, you're pulling together all the different factors and all of a sudden you have a coherent argument to make that switch. Exactly. And and I think there's really two things that a salesperson needs that are really critical to get right. And if you don't if you don't execute this right and if you or if you have the AI kind of go off on its own, you can fail. So the first is that it needs to be comprehensive. So it needs to look at everything out there that's possibility. Like, so the idea of like, here are all the different programs available. Here are the power consumption factors. Here are all the different things that you need to think about in this thing. The other thing it needs to do is it needs to be really actionable and not overwhelming. So in the process of making sure that you cover all your bases, you can't just throw all those bases at the salesperson and say, go take action. They're going to get analysis paralysis. Imagine they have 40 accounts and they're getting thrown a million different data points around those. They need to know what action should I take right now, right? Then the other really important thing is that the challenge with AI is that obviously AIs can hallucinate, which is a, which is a risk. So they need to know that once they take these creative ideas that they've pulled through and turned it into an action plan, that they vet that action plan, that they know, okay, this is a reasonable action plan to bring to a customer. It's not something that's way off base. Now, if you get all those things right, you're, imagine the salesperson that shows up and says, okay, here's what I can do today. Right now, I can go to my customer and have a discussion on one or two slides and say, here's action you can take right now. That's really powerful. Also, you know, we've talked in previous podcasts in this series about poaching and the yep. issue of your, your friends and colleagues are already out there talking to the customer. So I think what happens is, there's a hierarchy that's going to happen, right? So if there are multiple partners in an account, as things advance and as things get more complex, there's going to be a hierarchy of who are the strategists, who are my strategic partners, and who are just vendors, order takers. And it can be very dangerous to end up being positioned as an order taken, taker in a market where the it's a jump ball to see who owns the customer. Right. So if some other partner goes to your customer and gives them some brilliant plan that they didn't even think of as to why they can modernize their network right now and actually have other credits pay for it and save power, like just gives them this brilliant plan and you're calling them up and saying, hey, it's time to talk about your renewals. You could be in big trouble, right? Because they're going to, they could look at you as, well, you're just, you're just an order taker. You're just stamping it. And well, I'm sure they can take orders too. Anyone can take orders. So really the customer is going to ask, who is my strategic partner? And whoever positions themselves that way is more likely to get a bigger chunk of the account or the whole account. Now be recorded. So Jeff, is uh, this technology available now from SmartTrack? So, I mean, this is, this is really exciting. I think for the longest time, some of these AI things were coming out so quickly that it was, you know, you, if you, if you wait a week, everything changed and it was kind of hard to take action on that. So fortunately it's gotten to a point where it's stable enough that we've actually been able to, over the past two to three months, start building functionality into our platform based on a lot of this functionality. So right now in our, in our current platform, we already have the ability to give a visual map over the course of the next few years of the critical items quarter by quarter based on you know what's coming end of life, what's coming end of support, um, contracts, 
sustainability potential items in terms of things that are power saving. So these are all things that we've been able to take AI and actually inform creating that stuff. Um, that's all available right now. And then what's coming in the next few months based on kind of the continuation of that is imagine being able to take that and create uh, slide decks, so PowerPoint slide decks for the sales guys. So they can come in, see this plan and say, okay, I'm ready to go and then click a button and then it spits out a bunch of slides where they can edit and take their client and then show those slides to their customer. Okay, here, here's, here's what, what we're going to do on this. So a lot of it's already baked in. And then a lot of what's coming in the next few months is more AI functionality where you'll be able to chat with the AI to refine the plan that we've already come up with. Well, Jeff, I really want to thank you for joining me again in this podcast series. This has been very enlightening. I hope especially the Cisco partner community really gets interested and uh, takes some action on this. I want to invite everyone to join us on our fourth podcast in this four-part series when we talk to SmartTrack's Ted Lee, and that podcast segment is going to be called Winner Take All, so don't miss that. But for now, Jeff, uh, Jeff, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. All right. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, this was fun.